0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Batman, Season 4, Episode 6 of the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Games and their Mad for 40 board game. But they're kicking big bags of goals, making turnovers at critical times, and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about. And you can find them on at Roller games on Instagram, RollerGames on Facebook, and RollerGames.com.au to find a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a mad for footy board game for you and the family. And uh pretty, uh, pretty busy weekend, uh, but unfortunately not much of a successful weekend. So let's just dive in and see how it all unfolded. Firstly... For our Perth Lynx. Off the glass, good body on body. McDonald's A back with an A grade finish. Wow. Turning around on that occasion It's McDonald's the star import. Atwell comes up with the steal and the basket. Boy, she's been impressive. Here's McDonald's. From Potter, now this undefeated team made their first trip away to the South Side Flyers on the East Coast and whilst it was a game that went down to the wire and one to watch for the non-Lynx fan, it uh, didn't go the way that they wanted, going down eventually 92-94. actually still led by 9 points with 5 minutes 30 to go on in the fourth quarter, conceding the final 5 points of the game and missing an opportunity to tie it up through both Airy McDonald and even the putback from Emily Potter. Now, talk about wanting to make a statement and jump out of the gate. Well, they did just that, the Lynx ladies, putting on a 32-17 to 17 first term, 71% from two-point land on 10-14. And they followed that up with a plus-five um, second quarter as well. So they went into halftime 20 points positive, in a, which is just what you want. But that didn't disappear. That uh, sort of dissipated so quickly, um, absolutely fell off the cliff in their intensity, and what brought them to the huge lead in the first place? They gave up 30 points in both the third, uh, they actually gave up 11 of 13 two-pointers, and 15 to 5 rebounds, and 30 points in the in the fourth, 11 of 16 for the Townsville fire. Not the Towns of Flyers, should I say. The Melbourne Boomers, 5 of the Southside Flyers. will get a run right eventually. 5 of 7 at 71% from three-point land. So you can't give up these kinds of numbers and expect to stay in the game. Um, they actually lost the second half minus 22. They'll overrun big time in the end. Uh, despite having 7 more goal, uh, field goal attempts, they only shot at 43% and just 7 of 26 at 27% from three-point land. Whilst in a close game, 17 of 22 from the free-throw line at 77% cost them. Now with the biggest lead of 21 points, they had 23 to 4 fast break points. We know that that's their game plan. And they had plus 8 points from turnovers. This is a game that should not have gotten away from them, despite it being so early in the season, the away wins count. Um, Amila Goodchild, uh, she led the way with 21 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3 point land, one of the few ones that, that could actually hit them. 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. Just a great all-round game. And in poor Emily Potter was a towering presence all night with a double-double of 22 points, 9 of 15 from the field, and 13 rebounds. As the top 5 all had double digits, but it was their just 8 bench points. They couldn't give them the push they needed when the starters had to make it to the bench. Now, this is with a bit of a caveat for sure. Um... Firstly, all, all their starting fire played a minimum of 30 minutes, but there were late outs in Steph Gorman, Alex Chibitone, and Ash Hannon all unavailable. So that certainly made a bit of a difference. Now, it was not an easy game to bounce back from either. Tackling the semi-final conquerors on Saturday, Townsville Fire with new recruit and former Lynx captain and stalwart Sammy Wickham. It was the same old story, however, from the previous game. Uh, the girls showing a really strong first half, only to fade out in the second. The girls went down 76-92, to 92, not as close this time and heading into half time they were actually leading by four points in what was an evenly matched first two terms before simply not coming out of the change rooms after the main break. They put on just 10 points in that third term and they gave up 28 with a minus uh, two point differential going into the last quarter and they just didn't even get close to reducing the margin. Poor shooting has again not helped the Lynx. Shooting at just 39.7% up against Townsville's 49%. Got it right this time. Uh, And 35% from three-point land up against Townsville's 52%. It's not going to help you win or stay in games at all. With the Fire's 15 of 22 free throws. The only thing keeping them from extending that lead even further. Uh, Looking at the disastrous third term. They were 3 of 17 versus 11 of 21. uh, Just from the field in general. They gave up 6 of 11 three-pointers to Townsville, 7-0 to zero turnovers that the Lynx uh, conceded, and also 4 steals. It was just a nightmare of 10 minutes for the girls. Uh, Amy Atwell, the vice-captain, she performed admirably with 25 points and 7 rebounds, whilst Emily Porter, back-to-back solid games, 18 points, 6 rebounds, and she tried all day. Now, with those losses, they've actually fallen down to fourth, and next Sunday, they take on the top of the table, Melbourne Boomers, away in what will be just the challenge that they need to try and get this season, despite it being so early, back on track. Alright, we're going to leave it for the basketball court, let's make our way to the pitch, talk a little bit of Perth Scorchers women. ...handed shot, squirts out to the offside, it is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win and is the first win in the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers, they finished on top, they set, they've gone against the trend... Now, the girls were hoping to get back on track with two games left to play in the regular season to try and reclaim top spot first of the game up against the Melbourne Stars at the Wacker. being sent into bowl, they kept the stars to what you probably would have thought was a par and chaseable total score of 6 for 157. With Amy Agar and Lillian Mills, the only bowlers to get one wicket and keep an economy rate in the 6, well in the 6 range. Whilst it was a tough night for friend of the show, Piper Cleary, uh, with her 2 for 30 at 10 economy rate. Uh, The game was set up with a 101 run partnership. They just couldn't stop uh, taking the stars to 2 for 113 at 12.3 overs uh, before being slowed down from there. Now the batting team didn't get off to a good start um, in regards to when uh, the Scorchers had their own opportunity. They went from one to one, one for one should I say, two for six, three for 19, all that just 4.4 overs. Then having wickets falling left, right and centre and not any momentum being built throughout the innings, giving up the last three wickets for just 16 runs. Where for 20 overs, they could muster just 124 as their total score, going down in a very off effort for these uh, for these scorchers. Amy Jones, who got 42 off 30, she was the only resistance in the chase, as the top three and Chloe Paparo managed this single digits. Now, could they bounce back on Friday up against Adelaide, the top of the table, uh, the team that's just led the competition for so long away? Not to be, it seemed. Uh, going down in another insipid and, to be honest, lacklustre effort. Uh, being sent into bat, it could not have gone any worse falling to 4 for 15 at 5.2 overs. Before a little fight back, I'm um, getting them to 5 for 62 at 11.4 overs. But then falling and giving up 5 for 42 to finish off the innings to dish up just 104 runs to defend. Suffice to say, it's not going to be close to being enough. Nat Brunt and Sophie Devine got into the 30s, but just like and similar to the night before, Five of the top seven did make it to double digits and that's not going to be enough. Picking up only 5 wickets and they actually couldn't stop the Strikers chasing down the total with 5 overs to spare. Now as a result uh, they could not climb to the top of the table. But they will host the Challenger on Wednesday night at the Wacker Against the winner of the Eliminator which is Brisbane and Sydney Thunder. Coincidentally enough also at the Wacker ground on Tuesday which is tonight when we're recording. Uh, with well, We're recording in the morning but it will be this evening. With the winner of that match to play Adelaide in the final. So I'm going to leave it there for the Perth Scorchers. And now let's talk a bit of ABL and our Perth heat. It's up in the air and all you can do is watch. It's two home runs in a game for Jake Bowie. Now he punches this one. Deep right center field. Campbell looks up. That ball's gone. Three run shot, Jake Bowie. There he goes, bang. He's gonna give this Next on the cards in Round 2 for the Heat was a rematch from the Claxton Shield Championship Series with Adelaide Bite, And suffice to say, this was not how they wanted to begin this Friday night in the home series. And the first match of the new season in regards to um, playing at home. They went down five to ten on night one. Uh, They gave up two hits each in innings one and two whilst adding none themselves before a lull period across innings three to five and then just falling off and out of the contest giving up six runs to be down zero to ten before some consolation scores in the ninth uh, knocking in five runs but the damage was done much earlier. Looking to Saturday afternoon and trying to bounce back it was the same old story except the damage being done by both teams in the first two innings with a tight contest adelaide leading just four to three uh, before piling on three more runs in the second to take what turned out to be an unassailable lead uh, with both teams striking out across the remaining five innings uh, before calling it quits saturday evening because it was a double header and the heat were needing a win to stay in the series but it just didn't come getting off to the worst possible start conceding five runs in the first innings and not being able to get anything on the board themselves with the Heat finally on the scoreboard in the fourth innings, but only with one run, as good defence continued for three scoreless innings, uh, with the drought breaking in the eighth, uh, with Adelaide putting the game almost beyond doubt, with two more runs, and another two in the ninth, with game three finishing with a really disappointing 1-9 loss and an overall series defeat. Now, going into Sunday's final game... Well, what could the Perth Heat take, take from it? Could they get one game just to take some momentum in, into the next series? Well, it didn't look much better, eventually going down 5-10, falling to 1-4 uh, to fall down at the conclusion of the second innings are certainly not insurmountable, but they closed the gap to two runs, heading into the fourth, but Just from there, the bite just kept the Heat at an arm's length, as they had all series, uh, putting in three runs to zero. And whilst again, there was fight from the Heat, bringing it back to five to eight um, in the contest in the final two innings. They just couldn't stop the bite from scoring. And themselves, they couldn't put on consecutive and large numbers of scoreboard pressure, giving up one run apiece in the final two stanzas. Uh, Clearly, it was a miserable opening home series for the Perth Heat, with the standings reflecting that, uh, dropping to equal last uh, with... With the Canberra Cavalry, who will be their next opponent in an away game. Uh, with games from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're gonna leave it there for the Perth Heat. Let's now talk all things the Perth Thunder Six, but just our women. White's there in the thick of it, as is Frusha. Now the drag click in for the goal! Perth with a first. Carries Somerville with a trademark, brings it in. Perth the other way, crossing in. Good ball. Wickham's there. Let's just go to a teammate, Zalewski. Opportunities! Yeah, it's time to talk all things Thundersticks, but just for our women, because uh, the men are out, unfortunately. Now, in the semi finals, top of the table, Brisbane Blaze were up first, and what a contest that it was as both teams came out of the gate early with intent. As the Thundersticks had ample opportunities in their attacking circle, only to be intercepted time after time. But four minutes in, the deadlock was broken as the Blaze came through with a field goal, but thankfully, uh, Elizabeth Duguid uh, made terrific save to stop the So only down 1-0 and heading into quarter time, the Thunderstips went into the the break with that same scoreline. Entering the second, they gave up plenty of possession despite continuing their quest to rack up goal attempts with the remainder of the second term seeing a highly defensive game, having the ball bounce from arc to arc with not many attacking shots. Now as the third was upon them, the girls didn't give up and an opportunity finally arose and went their way through a field goal from Lini Milan to level the score. Now an all-up for Grab's final term had both teams ramping up the pressure and fighting for territory in a tug-of-war battle with a field goal from the Blaze giving them the edge again. But goalkeeper, goalkeeper do good keeping the sticks in the contest. Uh, with that veteran Penny Squib, she responded with a penalty corner uh, to push it to 2 all at the end of regulation time, forcing the match into the dreaded penalty shootouts. Now, they never got the better of the girls, unfortunately, as they missed their first two attempts whilst the Blaze slotted three, eventually defeating and winning the shootout four to two because obviously the winner of this will go straight through to the gold medal match. The girls, as a result, um, would endeavour to go back-to-back bronze medals in the third versus fourth playoff on Sunday up against New South Wales, who actually got the better of them two weeks ago at home. Now, to that game, indeed, and what a contest it was as they looked to bounce back from a heartbreaking semi-final penalty shootout, um, the day prior that we just discussed, with the first term resembling a territory battle between the two teams. Now, in the 24th minute, um, this actually resulted in a fourth penalty goal score this season, the Penny Squibb, holding a narrow 1-0 lead advantage Thunder Thundersticks, heading into the main break. But in the third term, the momentum certainly turned in favour of the Pride, as they threw everything at the Thundersticks. But the defence stood up to the pressure and desperation from New South Wales, are driving the ball forward at every opportunity. But... Uh, Of that, heading into the final 17 minutes, the Thunder 6 got the pride on the counter-attack through a Kari-Somerville-Linny Milan combination as a result of a penalty corner goal. Uh, To give them a nice 2-0 lead with just over 7 minutes to play. The game is not done, though, with one last twist in the form of a penalty stroke with five minutes to go. But thankfully, goalkeeper Duguid stopped the conversion to not lead it to a tied game and another penalty shootout as the girls managed to hold on and run the final few minutes out for a 2-1 win and a third place or bronze medal victory. We're now going to leave it there for our ladies. Fantastic. And let's talk another ladies team. That means the Perth Glory Women. Striking from range! Oh my! Great Charlie, take a bow. Unbelievable strike, coming in at a rate of knots, and the World Cup hero goes bang. It's two for Perth Glory. Now the women were to go on the longest trip in the competition to New Zealand to tackle Wellington Phoenix with their undefeated bubble now having been burst, uh, despite heading into halftime one 0 up then conceded two goals in the final 45 minutes to fall one 2 Merely Viro drive into the box from Sofia Sakalis gave the visitors the lead with a first goal for the club in the 21st minute. To then give up goals in the 48th and 61st uh, minutes, uh, both goals a result of hesitant defending, with earlier shots from the Phoenix in the back end of the first half being stopped in their tracks. Excuse me. Uh, there was one last change and chance in the final 20 minutes with a super save just stopping substitute Isabel Dalton's long-range effort into the top corner to thwart the girls coming away with one point. Now, expected goals had Phoenix 2.04 goals up against 0.46 for the Glory. The uh, Glory only generated seven up against Wellington's 23 goal attempts, four to eight shots on goal, and zero to nine shots off goal. But curiously, the Glory had 13 more attacks and two more dangerous attacks, which is just unusual. But they could just never turn it into shots on goal with plus seven clearances completed by the Phoenix, as they sort of just clearly the Phoenix defended resolutely all game long. Now, there is a mini-break for the women as they next step onto the pitch on Saturday 9th of December versus Melbourne City away, another good test for the team in purple. Now, let's quickly talk about the other team in purple, our Glory Men. Glory, glory, A formidable all the goals, Brisbane outfit was on the agenda for the men in their return after the FIFA international break, and despite a 94th minute consolation prize, conceding two goals in the, in the 65th and 56th minute in the second half was all that was needed to continue a downward trend in the form for the glory. Uh, Cameron Cook made some terrific saves, especially in the first 10 minutes, to really thwart the Raw's attack when they had all the early momentum and run. But uh, summing it up, this game was... uh, seemed to be quite one-sided. Ball possession was well in favour of the Roar at 66%. Um, The Glory could only generate, and very similar to the women, just 11 to 23 goal attempts. They did generate 6 shots on goal up against Brisbane's 7. But maybe if not for the Roar's 7 block shots, maybe 1 goal could have been scored earlier on in the piece. Now the story of the game, however, is in the front third. Uh, The Glory had 44 less attacks and 47 less dangerous attacks. So front third entries, making, making shots Count or just having possession in that front third um, really is where you need it. Uh, As a result, the uh, men have dropped to 8th on the ladder and they're staying on the road taking on Sydney FC who are in an unfamiliar position at the bottom portion of the table. So let's see what those gentlemen can do next weekend. And that is the wrap-up. That is us done for Season 4, Episode 6 of the Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap where both our glory men and women uh, unfortunately had losses as did our... As did, of course, unfortunately, our Perth scorches women. Are two losses on the trot heading into the finals. But hopefully, they can make it count um, this Wednesday uh, in the Challenger. Uh, the Perth under-six. They are back-to-back bronze medal champions. Well done, ladies. Especially after ha- a heartbreaking... Helene's shootout defeat. Uh, the Perth 8, just a dismal and disastrous weekend for them. 0-4 and four in their first home series. Uh, they got shown up, um, up against the uh, Adelaide Bight. So hopefully they can bounce back up against the Canberra Cavalry co- coming up. And the Perth Lynx, a uh, very, very tough loss that I watched on Wednesday. Like nail-biting loss, a game you can't give up when you're up by 20 points going into halftime. Just not good enough. Hopefully, they can turn it around in the foreseeable future. But if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform. Can be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, to join and privilege to have you on board. Look after yourself. And stay safe. And from Adam Bat, I'm out for now.